If you will join me tonight in the Word of God to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. So very thankful to be here. I, I couldn't help but remember as I was walking up to the pulpit today, um, Pastor's illustration this morning of a um, little bamboo plant and how the little bamboo, the Japanese bamboo, throw it on the ground and the seed takes root and nothing happens for four years. And that was definitely me here. And I'm so very thankful that somebody planted the seed and that somebody invested in me. And I thank you for the people that are here tonight listening to me. I thank you for the people watching. And I appreciate all the prayers. I'm just so very thankful. Here in Luke chapter 5, we see a crowd of people. They're gathering. They're moving closer and closer to the shore of the Sea of Galilee. A man was in front talking and fellowshipping as the crowd pushed them along. And in your mind's eye, I want you to just think, if you can almost close your eyes, and think that there's two ships, and they're on this Sea of Galilee, they're anchored onto the side, and I want you to think with me about where this scripture begins. Put yourself in Peter's shoes, in Jesus' shoes. In our text tonight, Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it reads, And it came to pass that, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, that's also the Sea of Galilee, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now that means the man asked him. The word pray in the original language translates our definition of the word ask today. So he prayed, he asked him if he could use his ship to teach off of. Well, this man just happened to be the Lord Jesus Christ. And this man continues in verse 3. As he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon... And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Jesus says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon replied with, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken absolutely nothing. We have taken nothing. No ship. We've had, we've had no fish come from the sea. We've had nothing. No fruit for our labor. Nevertheless, the end of verse 5, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. God tonight just needs an obedient, clean vessel to fill himself up with. God in his wise and holy will has shown us that He uses everyday humans like you and me. That's the way He chooses to work in the world that He's given us. And the Bible proclaims that Jesus got on board and He called out to Peter. See, 
In verse 3 we see in chapter 5 of the Gospel according to Luke, and He entered into one of the ships. This was Jesus, and this was Peter's ship. And Jesus steps into the boat, and then He calls to Peter, who's outside of the boat. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to be in verse 18. This is a parallel passage. Most of the Gospels have very many stories and parables that align with each other. And if you look with me in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, then the Lake of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, they were the same name, that's just what Luke called it, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw the other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee and their father, mending their nets, and he called to them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. I see one of the first things that Peter has to do to get that ship off the land is he has to get on board. And if you're ever going to launch out for Christ in any way, you must get on board. If you're ever going to take that ship and you're going, to, you're going to actually do something with it, you're going to go fish, you're going to get fruit for your labor, there's going to be a definite increase, you're going to have to get on board the ship. We see in verse 3, and he entered into one of the ships. If you never get on board the ship, you cannot launch out. It's absolutely impossible for Peter to use his mind and take that ship and move it off and launch it out into the deep for the Lord. I'm so glad that one day when I came to Jesus, He led me to His ship and His cause. And I walked across the bridge that He built with the cross and the nails that He died for me and you on. I'm so very humbled to put myself in this position that God would use somebody just like as common as me and you. Somebody so ordinary. He's just a fisherman. Peter's not the great disciple Peter. Peter's not the apostle Peter. He's just a fisherman. He's just an everyday average man just like me and you. And he happened to own a boat. I want you to notice in this story tonight that God used everything that was there. Turn back with me to Luke chapter 5. The Lord never used anything that wasn't there already. The Bible says that whenever he was, all these people were pressing him and this crowd was absolutely pressing him, to the end of the shore he said, I need somewhere to stand. I need a pulpit. Well, what did he, he looked around and he saw there was two ships. He said, I bet that will put me high enough where they can hear me and they can see me and they can see the message of my Father. And tonight I pray that I would do the exact same thing. And that I would get on board with you and we would get on this ship and we would be able to launch out for Christ. So many times I think we, we forget that God uses the ordinary things. He also, as you keep going down, um, He used their nets. They weren't strong enough, they broke. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But God used everything that was there already. And God has given you and prepared you with everything you need to launch out for Christ. He can use anybody in any circumstance, from any background. Christ tasted death for all men. And He can use you tonight. And the first step of launching out for Him is going to be to get on board. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're not on board. You're not with Christ. 
The Bible says that whenever man sin entered into man's heart, there was a great divide in between him and God. And that great divide is not separated by our good works or by any of our effort, but it can only be separated by the blood of Jesus Christ. So many people miss heaven by 17 inches. That's from the center of your brain to the center of your heart. I know of so many people who know the gospel. And I dare say people that are sitting in these very pews. And in the pews of Temple Baptist Church where I go to school. And in the pews of Galilee Independent Baptist Church where Brother Matthew may be preaching tonight. I guarantee you 30 to 50% of them, they have a head knowledge of Christ. But they're going to miss heaven by 17 inches because they've never believed on Jesus. There's no difference in their life. Absolutely none. I think of Noah, one of my favorite Bible stories. It's an absolutely incredible story of creation, the flood, and Genesis. And I think Noah preached for 120 years without seeing rain ever, and he was preaching about it. But he believed so strongly that those people needed to hear it. He preached every day for 120 years. And he worked on that ark every day. And the rain's coming. The rain's been coming for a long time, but we're a lot closer than we've ever been. And every preacher can always get up and say that. Because we're that much closer to eternity. There's a story of a man who ruled many continents. His name is Alexander the Great. One day Alexander the Great got in his chariot and he had a great meeting to go to. And he was racing onto the chariot and this messenger ran up and he said, Master, Master, you've got to see this. You've got to see this. And it was an urgent letter. He said, you've got to read this right now. This is an urgent message. Alexander the Great being the man he was, he said, thank you. And he shoved it into his belt. That afternoon, he was looking over the balcony in his king's quarters and he was stabbed 40 times. This was the death of Alexander the Great. Later on, they found the body of this man, the king, this great, great ruler. And inside of his belt, there was a letter. They opened up the letter and it said, urgent, urgent. It had a king seal on it. They ripped it off. They opened it and it said, Beware for your life. Do not go to this next engagement. It is a trap. It is going to be the end of your life. You're going to meet eternity. He had the answer, but he was in his belt. And he never read the message. He never got the message. And tonight, if you've never gotten the message, you're going to die and go to hell without Jesus. You've got to be on board the ship. The second point I see, I found in verse 4. So not only do we have to get on board for Jesus Christ, and we have to become one of His own, but we must get our ears open. It says in verse 4 of Luke chapter 5, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. I want you to notice the little s. You can even mark it in your Bible if you make that a habit. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, I've been taking Greek the past two semesters, and it's absolutely terrible. I'm not, 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 not recommended at all. But 
In the Greek language, there are 16 different ways to write the word the. And I want you to understand whenever God writes down a definite article or every single word of Scripture is inspired. And it's from Him. And right here it says, At thy word I will let down the net. Now, we saw before that Jesus had only used what was there, correct? That's right. So why did he ask for nets if there was only one? Well, there wasn't only one. But Peter was only going to give him one. He almost halfway obeyed. And I dare say that a half obedience is a full disobedience. And whenever this happened, if God asks of us something, why do we hold back? I often ask myself that question. That's not what the Lord asks you to do. We can all give testimony to that person that we didn't witness to to that friend or that family member we didn't encourage, to that person that we drove by in the pouring down rain and the cars broke down and we never helped them. We can all give testimony to that because we're so busy. But I want you to see what half obedience brings. If you look in verse 6, at the end it says, And when they had, done the, when they, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. You see, if you turn back with me into that passage of Matthew chapter 4, you'll see in the end it says, And going on from thence, he saw the other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in the ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. See, this account was right after the account that we read in Luke chapter 4. And they were mending their nets because they broke. You know why they broke? Because Peter did not let down all the nets. He halfway obeyed. And I'm wondering sometimes, some things in my life, they just continue to break and they continue to not work. And they're in my strength. And they're in my halfway obedient to God. Yes, I come to church. Yes, I go to Sunday school. Yes, I do bus ministry. Yes, I go to chapel three times a week. But I wonder, are we giving everything? Turn with me if you want to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 4. Chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. And the Word of God proclaims, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. God loved us first. I think of that old hymn, Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, He washed it white as snow. We owe absolutely everything to the Lord Jesus Christ. So many years ago on this cross, He died for you and He died for me. And our friends and our family still are not on board. The people we work with, the people that are in our own homes, we're not sure if they're saved. We're not sure if they're truly born again. We're not sure if Jesus Christ is their one Lord. And why do we not tell them? Because of a halfway obedient heart. I don't think we realize what we're playing with. Our families are worth more than that. The people we work with are souls that Jesus Christ died for. 
And if they don't accept Him, you know what happens to Jesus' death? It becomes in vain. It's for no reason. It's for absolutely no reason at all why He died. And that's a shame to all of us. Getting on board leads to being able to get your ears open. And it's time that we awake out of sleep. This, getting our ears open, leads to going and launching out. And this is the thrust of the message tonight. If we have entered in and we have heard, we know what the message is. The message is Jesus Christ. Yes. And tonight in verse, uh, I believe it's verse 8, and back in Luke chapter 4, chapter 5, we see that Peter finally got a glimpse of who Jesus was for the real first time. Oh, he had seen Him in the person, but he didn't know Him. Because whenever we see Jesus for who He is, we see we for who we are. The Bible says in verse 8, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I believe he got choked up. I believe he got so worked up. He fell down to his knees, for he was astonished, and all that were with him, and all the draught of the fishes which they had taken. You see, Jesus wasn't just taking him on a deep sea detour. He wasn't. He was making and calling disciples. And tonight, that's exactly what God wants to do with Solid Rock Baptist Church. He doesn't want sideline people. He wants everybody in the game. I have wrote my Bible, there is no reserve unit in God's work. We are all frontline soldiers. Sometimes I feel like we get this idea that the preacher... That's his job. That's what he gets paid for. He's got to be a Christian. And you're correct. And you're absolutely right. And he's called of God, and so he must be a Christian. Lord, help us. But what about you, dear Son of God? I wonder so many times we forget that we all have a ministry. Every single one of us divinely crosses paths with someone every day. Whether it be a friend, a co-worker, We all know their fruit. We know if they're a barren tree. And we know if they're without Jesus Christ. So many people's moms and dads and churches are filled with people who have a halfway obedient heart. They may not even be saved. And this is what we're trying to get the work of the Lord done with. I think so many times we fail to realize that God's work is so important. I think Peter finally realized this whenever they got to the end. If you look at me in verse 10 of Luke chapter 5, And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners of Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, He said unto Peter, Fear not. From henceforth... Thou shalt catch men. Through saying of God tonight, maybe the Lord has pricked your heart about one thing that you've been absolutely halfway obedient on. And we all have one thing. Just because I stand up here in a shirt and tie and I'm proclaiming the Word of God does not mean that I'm sinless. 
I think so many times we think of people and we see them in a great light because we've never seen their bad side. We don't live with them. And I want to encourage you that every one of us has something that we can work on. Pastor Sexton often says, the Christian life is a series of new beginnings. I absolutely love that quote. Because new beginnings mean second chances. New beginnings means that there's a point where God can restore me. From where I'm being a slacker. From where I'm letting down the cause of Christ. My life verse is found in Job 8. For I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause. I think how important that is that we truly seek unto God and we commit unto Him. And my last statement that I want to make today is are you ready to launch out? By ready, I mean are you prepared? There's so many things that God wants to do. So many things. I believe with all my heart I'm in line with Pastor Sexton whenever I say that there is a coming revival. But it must start with getting our obedience to God corrected. I think of Jonah. He was holding back revival, wasn't he? He goes to this place and the Lord says, I need you to go to Nineveh. One of the very first sermons I ever preached. It was absolutely terrible. And Jonah goes to Nineveh. Finally, after God gives him a mountain. Brother Tomlin, that was a great song. And I wonder if tonight we could just avoid that. I wonder if tonight we could avoid that mountain to come into our lives. I wonder if tonight we could just give all to Christ. But let me beware you that it's going to be a daily thing. You see, in verse 11, And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed Him. They forsook all. You can't love God with everything if you don't forsake everything else. God is not the top of the list. He is the list. And until that's come into your life, God will never be able to use you as an individual and us as this church. And I know that I don't want to be the hindrance. And I'm praying and asking the Lord to make me as sick of my sin as I am. I'm praying for the Lord to get me thoroughly right before Him. Because it's the only thing that's going to allow the cause of Christ to move forward through my life. I know it's a very simple sermon, but I hope the Lord can use it in your life as much as He's used it in mine. May we get thoroughly right before Him. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank You so very much for what You're doing in this place. God, I thank You for so many people we've seen saved throughout the years. So many people baptized and become part of this church. But God, in our world that's so wronged and black and dark and without Jesus, 
we need to launch out for you. It's time for us to get on board, to get our ears open, and to go and launch out. And I pray that you'd hide this truth in our hearts and that you would convict us of anything that's in between us and thee. In Jesus Christ's name, I humbly pray. Pastor.